0: should not be the thing that's holding you back from making sales in your business and done well copywriting should be able to sell when you can't and pull when you get some time off and get to rest so that's why i'm a big
1: believer in conversion copy we became entrepreneurs because more than anything we want freedom we want to be in control of our own schedule income and life but unfortunately that isn't always the reality of being a business owner I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there everyone and welcome back to another episode. I hope you're doing really well this week. I hope that you are being able to stay focused on your priorities and on your business and that you are being able to continue to make progress and not let yourself be distracted by anything that's going on right now. Today's episode is really special because I am bringing on a good friend of mine named Ashlyn Carter, who is a brilliant copywriter. And the reason that I wanted to have Ashlyn on the show is because copywriting, which is simply writing the words that are on your website, in your ads all of the writing that you do in your business that helps to market your business copywriting has such an incredible power to allow you to work less and earn more if your website is converting better if your website is convincing more people to join your email list if your website is convincing more people to buy your product for you then that means that you don't have to be putting in the legwork to make each individual sale yourself and That can allow you to take some time off and let your website do the heavy lifting for you so that you can keep making money even if you're not in the office. In this episode, you'll be learning some copywriting secrets that will allow you to do exactly that. So with that being said, allow me to introduce Ashlyn Carter. Hey there, Ashlyn. Welcome to Work Less, Earn More. I'm so excited to have you on the show today and thank you for being here. Absolutely. This is a message I can definitely get behind as I know we're gonna get into
0: so I'm so excited. Thank you. Yeah, well, I am too. So could you start out by just telling the listeners a little bit about you and what you do? Yes. My name is Ashlyn Carter. My business is Ashlyn Writes. Um, Based off my accent, I am here in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, what I do every day, I am a copywriter and brand and launch strategist. So um, we have an agency side of my business where we do um, done for you and done with you, copywriting services, and then a curriculum side. Um, All of this is based on the concept that I do not believe that creative women should have this fear of not knowing what to say or being unsure of their message, that should not be the thing that's holding you back from making sales in your business. And done well, copywriting should be able to sell when you can't and um, pull when you get some time off and get to rest. So that's why I'm a big believer in conversion copy.
1: Yeah. And that's actually exactly why I wanted to talk to you today, because I know that copywriting can be so powerful and it can have such an impact on you making sales when you're working or not. Um, And if you don't have the strongest copy, then you might need to be working all the time to try to sell, uh, you know, one on one, maybe on a sales call or something like that. But if your website is very conversion focused, then you might be able to convert some people without even trying, right? What bingo! You, I mean, you you nailed it. I can't say it any better. That's it. So before we get into how we can do this, how we can improve our copy to convert more people, I wanted to start with some really basic questions um, just to cover just so everyone knows exactly what we're talking about here. So first of all, could you just tell us what copy or copywriting is? Yes, and
0: 100% I used to get into the Rising Tide Society Facebook group. This was this is my 4-year anniversary business week, so 4 years ago and I would get in the group and I'd be like, "Hey guys, you know like does anyone need any help with their copywriting? Like what questions do you have?" to help and people would be like thanks i already have a lawyer you know pats on head and i was like wow I've got some education to do over here. So if you're thinking it's copywriting, um, legal, it's not that copywriting with a W. Um, it's I describe it as the art and the science of marketing words that coach a conversion. So I also there is a difference in content writing and copywriting, there is bleed to them, they absolutely overlap. But I'm specifically talking about the words that are actually helping you make sales. So the words on your sales pages in your email funnels on your ads on your website itself.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you just breaking that down because I didn't, really think, oh, this would be a legal thing. I just didn't know it was a thing at all. Absolutely. When I, just a few years ago, I just thought this is writing, you know, and yes. I thought we have to write ads, we have to write our website. And then I heard people talk about copywriting and yes. I just said, what is that? Yes. I have no idea. I, mean, so.
0: I was a journalism major and worked in a marketing agency. I was there for, I think it was a good two weeks and I'm predominantly working on the Delta Airlines account. And I realized when my boss was saying she needed the copy and the imagery deliverable Again, I was like, I had to hear it a few times before being like, "Oh, that copy, she means the words." Um, But -hmm. it took a minute for me too. I think it, uh, especially when you're newer to marketing, you have it takes a minute. But that's what it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. So really simply, copy is the words. And when we're talking about copywriting, we're talking about writing the words that are going to be selling your stuff. And in this case, we're talking about selling it online. But there's all sorts of other copywriting too. Absolutely. Okay, so now that we know what copywriting is, can you tell us a little bit about why copywriting matters and what copywriting can do for us? Yeah, you know,
0: I saw, uh, I think it was yesterday, I was just, I love looking at data. Um, For someone who hated math growing up, I sure have come into my own, but I feel like I I was doing some studies and saw that 5.9% of people will read the copy on a website page predominantly. That's so small. But that that correlates with the fact that pretty much 90% of the information that's communicated to us is done so visually. And the other 10% is with the message. So there isn't like, I think, and I I do get asked a lot, do people still read copy? Yes, they don't read boring copy, but they will read copy. Um, If you give them a reason to pay attention and to listen, they will read it. It's important because so much can be communicated through your visuals, but it's that part that gets them across that touchdown line and actually gets them to pull out their card and to trust you in a really vulnerable state, right? Like when, you, when you're when you deciding, you know, you can window shop all day long, but when you're actually pulling out your card, your palms are a little sweaty if it's like a big, big number for you, that's your vulnerable moment. It's not gonna be images that are gonna be sealing that deal for you. At that point, it's gonna be the copy that's coaching and putting someone at ease and making them feel comfortable, um, letting them know that they're fears, their desires, their expectations, all of that is on the line and understood, that's when they'll trust you with their money. Um, and so that that's why it's so important. Imagery gets you really far, but it doesn't, it doesn't seal the deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say maybe that the imagery could kind of start that emotional desire for the product, but then your copy is where you're really going to close. It's where you're going to give them justification for yes. that thing that they feel like they want, but you know, it's going to make it so they feel like there's a reason why they should pay the money for it.
0: Yes, so good. And you've, you've worked in the medium of video for so long. It's so similar. It's like as important as like it's that script. It's the structure of the script. It's how you're pulling them through when the hook comes in, um, when you're asking them to take action, like the architecture. I think that's, that's another thing. Like the copywriting a lot is the architecture of the message. I think it was John Caples. He's a late great copywriter. He said that it's approached it with the same effort as building a bridge like it is, it is assembly, it is bridge building. You're not just like writing is almost a misnomer. You know, you're not just looking at the blinking, blinking cursor thinking, you know, how do I, what do I feel about this today? But you're really assembling a message and putting it together much like you would do a script. So, um, yeah, but those visuals, man, I remember when I hired my first art director to work with on a project and she looked at my website, she was like, Ashlyn, your visuals do not correlate with the copy. Like it doesn't. And I was like, gulp, like, swallow some medicine there, but she was right. And that helped me, it's helped me learn this process as well over time.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So one thing that I noticed when I started really working on my copy was that not only did it help me to convert more customers, but it also helped me to get so much more confident in my message and to just get like clear on what I was even talking about, how I was helping people. And that helped me to advance my business forward, aside from just like closing those sales. It helped me to grow my audience and to connect better with them. is that a change that you often see with people who you work with to change their copy I like
0: couldn't have like primed you better for that. That's exactly it. I think that, and a lot of people do, you know, we hear as we we grow and start our businesses, like you hear, especially when you talk about, you know, your time and your productivity, if you're not good at it, outsource it. And that is true in a lot of different aspects, but there's a few things in business you got to learn how to do yourself. I was not good at the finances at first in my business. I was terrified it would all go away. So I just never paid myself. And I just let that money stack up. I, at some point had to figure out what my profit is, what my revenue is, what my overhead is. Like, I can't outsource that. I have to learn that. And it's the same way with your message. You can't just throw it away to somebody else to do if you don't understand it yourself, if you're not clear on kind of what you're trying to say. There, I mean, there's nuances there, but there's you can't outsource the psychology of selling by throwing the copy at somebody else. And so really being able to, at least at a, even if you can't put it in words, understand who your niche is, what you're trying to do with them um, really what your unique value proposition is. If you need to work with a copywriter to figure that out. Um, we, we put a lot of students inside a program to figure that out because copy can be expensive. And if that shouldn't be what's holding you back, right? Like I said, at the top of the show. So um, yes, that's, what you said is that's something that I love to see our clients walk away with, our students walk away with. I, It's like anytime I work with a vendor on you know visual stuff, because that's where I'm I just am not comfortable with it. I get more clarity on how I want to define us visually after I work with them. So yeah, you nailed it. I, that's a big, that's something I tell my students, if you can't tell me why you do what you do differently or better than somebody that does the same thing and charges less, we have a problem because you got to figure
1: that out. Okay, so my next question for you, Ashlyn, is can changing your copy allow you to work less or earn more? If so, how? Yeah, I think 100%, yeah.
0: If if the caveat being the offer is dialed in and people want the offer, um, good copy can't be, my mother-in-law always says like, slapping lipstick on a pig. Good copy can't fix a really bad product, but if there is an audience that's waiting for a product, yeah, and they they have said that they will pay for it, yes, copy can be one of those things that works when you can't. Um, You can take people through a customer journey, especially now that we have the added assets of being able to pull them through a journey from, you know, Facebook ad, not even knowing about you all the way through to a cart page, a checkout page, a thank you page, a nurture sequence, so on and so forth. There's so much automation that can go into play. But at its very basic, like you said earlier, it's that services page that really fully explains what you do in your coaching or consulting business, whatever you're you know, home organizing business, whatever it is, explains the value of that, helps someone understand the value proposition. And then you're also giving that, all that, those testimonials, that social proof along the way, that page can be booking for you. And um, as long as you're directing traffic there, right, that's the the part that comes into play. You do need to be able to get some traffic there. Copy can't just suddenly make a lot of people land on your page if you can't drive it there. But- it should be able to up the conversion rate of the page.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And like even beyond that, talking about what I was saying before about how when I clarified my copy and when I improved my copy, it gave me a lot more confidence in what I was sharing. I think it made my message a lot more impactful. So it actually helped me to grow my audience and to increase my website traffic a whole lot, even though the words on the website weren't themselves doing that, but the process of writing those words allowed me to get that traffic and then the words on the website actually converted the
0: customer that's awesome yeah it's like there's a bit there's a mental shift that goes on and you get this clarity to understand how to say what you do i mean we just we get and it's not i don't want people listening to feel like oh i'm just not a good writer like i can't i could not do that for myself do you know who the hardest client i ever write for is myself like it's gonna be oh, yeah. it's always gonna be the hardest for you to write your own writing Writing and then, and then to like put the icing on the cake, your homepage is going to be one of your hardest pages that you write just because that's where that's the least segmented page of the entire again, to use the word funnel. That's the you know, everybody's coming there no matter what product or service is a fit for them. And where do we usually start writing our own business copy? We start on our homepage and we start writing for ourselves. So, no wonder we don't always feel
1: like we're great at this. That makes so much sense. Okay, well, let's get into talking about some specific ways that our listeners can improve their website copies so they can start attracting more of the right customers and increasing their conversions. Awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, just dive in.
0: Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you, you, stick a quarter in me and I get really excited about this <laughs> stuff. Okay, the first thing that I wrote down, and I got five little points here, is to focus on your headlines and your subheadlines. Okay, earlier I said something to the effect, at least I'm pretty sure I did, about how people don't read long people will read long copy, they don't read boring copy, right? So mm-hmm. what what's going on, especially as we see like long form sales pages, which are s- essentially sales letters, that's a um, old direct response type of advertising, those have now come into play in websites. They've also come into play with video sales letters that people will create, right? So this long explanation of why you should buy something typically the longer that is the bigger either the price point is or the more that somebody has to move through that customer journey these things like I pretty much average around 5,000 words on them they are mm-hmm. long your headlines and your sub headlines are important um, there's a David Ogilvy quote that if you're in online marketing for at least three years you hear um, but it's the eight eight out of 10 people will read your headline, two out of 10 people will continue reading. That, I don't know if the actual statistics are true, but a lot of that is absolutely true. Um, If the headline doesn't hook people in the mouth and get them to keep reading, they're gonna skip it. So when you're, like one quick fix you can make on your website is go through and look at those headlines. And do they, like, I spend 50% of the time that I'm on a project on the headlines, trying different versions, I will write Fifty plus different headlines, especially if it's like a big launch project for a client, of one headline until I hit it. I think it's Anne Lamott who said, "Like you have to write your, I, how do I say it? It starts with a S. I don't want to say the word, but you have to write your terrible put it that way first drafts before you get to your goal. You have to just sit down and write and write and write, and that's where you'll get to. Oh, my other tip on headlines is to use templates. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't do it from scratch. You can Google headline templates. There are plenty of blogs that come up. I have a blog about this, we can link it, but all like there are tools out there for you. Do not start from scratch. Do not put all of the the onus of this on your shoulders to come up with because you can absolutely use some tools that are already out there. But that's my to wrap up this first tip. Just focus on those headlines. I think, you know, when I land on an about page, and it says like, meet Ashlyn, I'm like, Oh, man, that was, that was some really good real estate. They got wasted. Like, you might as well, you know, put something out there that's going to catch their eye and really hook them and keep them excited to continue reading.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So we'll definitely get that blog post with those headline templates linked in the show notes. So if anyone is interested in that, then just make sure that you check out the show notes for this episode. And what I love about those templates is that it really gives you a great starting place so that you aren't just like faced with that blinking cursor trying to start from scratch. You don't know where to begin. And it can be really intimidating and kind of like uh, overwhelming on a a subconscious level, you know, just stressful. But if you start with a template and you just plug in your words into the template, then that gives you a jumping off point that can make coming up with your own unique headline so much easier. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, it's not quite
0: paint by number, but it just gives you a prompt, you know, so you can. can, Yeah, it definitely isn't paint by number. No swipe file is ever going to be. But if you use it the right way and just let it, you know, get your creative juices ignited can take you really far.
1: Yeah, so to sum all that up, what, what headlines, what working on rewriting our headlines can do for us is to get more people to read more of our copy, yep. to really like hook people so that more of the traffic that lands on a page of your website actually gets the message from that page instead of just clicking off to something else. Yes. Would you say that's accurate? Yep, that's it. What every,
0: if you think it, your headlines has one job and that's to get them to read the next sentence. So go
1: through and make sure that your headlines do that. Okay, well, that is a fantastic tip. And I think a great starting place for anyone because we've all got those headlines on our website. And maybe they're not that intentional right now. So they might not be pulling people in. And we can all work on improving those. Yes. So Great first tip. What's okay. your next tip, Ashley? Okay,
0: next tip is don't die on the hill of quote, unquote, but it doesn't sound like me. <laughs> so I And I love brand voice. I have a whole quiz about brand voice. I love talking about brand voice. But at the end of the day, your conversion copy is this Venn diagram overlap of what your audience needs to hear from you and also what you sound like. And I have found, so especially the more, I don't want to say salesy, but like for Facebook ad copy, for example, we have an agency that we partner with and we provide a lot of face copy and we've laughed before um, because sometimes the business owner will look at some of the copy and they're like, you know, I don't, I don't say things like sign up now, you know, or I don't say like things like that. Okay. True. But at some point you need to be leveraging some of these techniques and these tried and true practices that are out there. So that's my, like my, this is more, I guess, mindset state but i i don't want people out there to be so married to the concept of brand voice that they negate the fact that people at some point need to be told what to do but they also need to see themselves reflected in their cop in your copy i have a 14 month old and i am learning very terribly about parenting i feel like i just every day i'm like what in the world i had no idea but one thing that i have learned recently is sometimes when he's like super sad he doesn't want me to like bounce up in his face and be like yeah, you know, come on, get happy. It's okay, it's okay. Sometimes he's just looking at me like he needs to know I understand him even though we can't communicate with words yet. So sometimes the best thing that I can do is like mirror back like, hey buddy, I see you're frustrated. You know, like that's what he wants from me. And not to compare our clients and customers to a 14 month old, but that's what we want as buyers too. Like we just want sometimes a brand or a business to look at us and be like, hey, I get it. That is frustrating. Like, you seem really frustrated about that. And the best way that you can do that sometimes is just mirroring their words right back at them. And so never get so hung up on the fact that, you know, I don't say it just like that. Um, the best example of this I've ever heard is my, she's now my business attorney, but Christina Scalera helps out with the legal side of my business. And she, for a long time, had included in her copy, Legalize Your Creative Business. And she was like, if my fellow law school grads saw me saying legalize, they would laugh so hard because it's not a word and it's not something they would say. But every meetup she would go to, she would hear these creative entrepreneurs saying like, I just can't figure out how to legalize things. And she realized that that's one of those voice of customer things that she couldn't she couldn't just be like, you know what, guys, pats on head. That's not how you say it. That's
1: not respectful to the customer at all. So that's a um, maybe a little more tangible example of what I mean with this. Yeah, that is such a good example. So what this immediately makes me think of is kind of if you're having a conversation with someone and they're telling you, you know, maybe about a situation in their life or about how they feel about something, it would not really make sense for you to respond and just say all the things that you normally say, right? You need to say back to them, okay, so what I hear you saying is yada, 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 you know, and show them that you understand where they're at and use the same words that they used so that they know that you are really listening. And from there, You could then work on maybe talking to them about, you know, where like maybe some ideas you have for how they could solve their problem or something like that. But you really have to start where they're at.
0: That's so perfect. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If it to, yeah, like bring it home for you, if you have an inquiry response template go check that out right now because if you're not baking in a little bracketed part that says replace this copy with repeating their problem back to them or something to that effect go do it after you listen to this show because that like they they want to see themselves mirrored back in exactly like you said if you're jumping right in with how you can be the hero and rescue them from this problem you're not giving them an opportunity to help understand that you know they should trust you because you get it you you totally hear their thoughts on
1: this This episode is brought to you by Startup Society. If you run an online business or you're thinking about starting one, then Startup Society is the place for you. It's a bootcamp training program for entrepreneurs, plus an incredibly supportive membership community. If you're looking for a framework to make building an online business as simple and straightforward as possible, then that's exactly what you'll find inside Startup Society. Every month, we create a step-by-step action plan for our members to follow to create a specific result in their business so that they can keep moving forward and growing. Past action plans have helped our members write their websites, launch online courses, and hire their first employees. And when you become a member, not only will you get access to our future action plans, but you'll also get access to our entire library of past action plans, including the ones that I just mentioned. You'll also get business coaching directly from me during our live monthly coaching sessions. During these sessions, you can ask any business questions that you have so that you can make sure that you get the answers you need in order to be able to keep moving forward and not get stuck. As a member, you'll also be invited into our membership community where you can connect with other online entrepreneurs who are crushing it so that you can be inspired and make some lasting connections. If you're interested in becoming a member of Startup Society, then there's no time like the present to make that happen. To sign up, just head to gillianperkins.com slash society. Again, that's gillianperkins.com slash society. And as a listener of this podcast, I have a special offer for you. You can become a member of Startup Society for $10 off every single month. Just use code EARNMORE when you are signing up. Again, that code is earnmore, all one word, and it will give you $10 off your monthly membership cost. If you want to turn your online business into a success as quickly and as strategically as possible, then I would love to work with you to make that happen. And now let's get back to the episode. Okay. So let me ask you a question. This will be a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I get asked this question all the time. So I would love to hear what your answer for it is. When you tell people who are working on writing their copy or working on their message that they need to use the words of their audience. A lot of the time they come back and they say, well, I don't have an audience yet, or my audience mm-hmm. isn't saying anything to me yet. Um, you know, I'm just starting out. How do I write my copy when I'm just starting out and I don't have anyone to talk to yet?
0: That's so good. Okay, this kind of leads into my next tip. Is it okay if I talk about that a little? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so surveying is so important. And even if you haven't quite figured out what you're going to do, do it anyway. And I can say this from experience of putting out a survey when I had no idea what to do. And it just helped me. First of all, I started to understand the concept of like putting out a survey, asking questions of people and just like that, because that's a practice that the longer you're in, like that's just a business practice of listening to your audience all of the time. So it got me, like it was like ripping off that Band-Aid real early, getting used to that. That was something that I needed to do. It also helped me understand and do like, I guess the fancy like shark tank word for it would be like research and development, like R&D. It helps you get starting to listen to like, where could the blue ocean be, so to speak? Where could be that Ashland size gap in all of this where I can step in with my skill set and my passions and my interests and come into this. So if you don't know what who your audience is or what kind if if you have a basic vague idea, survey anyway. And I promise it will help. Like that, that narrowed down things so much for me. I remember putting a survey out there. I had no idea what direction I wanted to take in my business. I knew I wanted to write, but I didn't know resumes, pitches. Websites, magazine articles—I had no idea. And the more that I asked and realized what people were asking for, I started to shape my services and figure out where those would fall. So, um, that's—I just—I hear you. I felt like that too. That, I mean, another answer would be look in different forums and Facebook groups and Amazon reviews to see, um, which I do all the time too. But there's there's nothing like actually listening to people or go to a meetup and sit and listen, just sit and listen to the ones that you may be interested in. I guarantee you, you're going to hear and start to see where that like you sized gap in
1: the market is that you could step into. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have an audience yet, if you don't have a following yet, then you really just need to decide. Who- like make a preliminary decision about who maybe you want to serve and then go find those people who are in other people's audiences or who are in groups or at meetups and listen to them there. Even if they're not talking to you, their words would still be relevant, right?
0: Yeah, that's it. I I mean, I remember I put that survey out to just like my, reg- I didn't have an Instagram follow. I didn't have a Facebook page. I had nothing, but I put it out to just my regular friends because I knew I wanted to serve women. And I was like, well, I, that's, I got that narrowed down. So um, that, yeah, go, go. And I I think another thing too, people are excited to share. People like to give their opinions. Mm -hmm. I have found, (laughs) imagine that. But if there is somebody out there who you think would be a dream client to work with, talk to them, see if you can, I, I have found, and I'll get referred sometimes by people, you know, I don't know. That that's an option too. Like you, if they're not in your immediate network, if someone can connect you to them, and you can do um, you know, a basic interview, that can be helpful as well.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I think that it's so important, and something that so, so many people who are just starting out in their business skip over because they think I'm not qualified yet enough, or I don't have enough experience oh, yeah. yet. Um, but pursuing clients that you want to work with. These aren't necessarily like the biggest names in your industry, but meet people in your industry, find people who you want to work with and then pursue them, court them, you know, or if nothing else, just talk to them, right? Start yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, everyone feels like that
0: starting out. I don't know anybody who has it. I'm sure there's a unicorn out there, but I, I, I didn't, most of my friends and masterminds didn't. So it becomes, yeah, just trying to, you just throw spaghetti at the wall and you it starts to take shape, but it can't until that ball starts, ro- starts rolling down the hill and you push it a little bit, it's gonna stay stuck. So um, even just taking some kind of action can help.
1: Mm-hmm. And then to dive that back into what like the main topic of what we're talking about today is, which is copywriting. The reason it's good to go out and like pursue those clients or go out and meet people is so that you can start to get to know your target customers so that you can better write your website copy, so that you can convert more potential customers that are maybe just stumbling upon your website.
0: Exactly. You're very good at tying this up with a very <laughs> nice, pretty internet, though. That's a, yes. like that's, that's how the whole thing starts to correlate, take place, and shift all together.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, those are some awesome tips so far. Let's keep going. What is your next okay. tip for how we can work on converting more of our website visitors?
0: Okay, by tip number four is, and I may have to explain this, but if you're familiar with a carousel on a website, I actually pulled a U and I did my YouTube lately and I mentioned this in it because I was working on, let me back up and tell the background story for this. So I was working on optimizing a client's sales page that's out there. Um, she has been, I mean, she's got a pretty large audience. I think the email list is around 60,000. She's got 100,000 followers on Instagram, like pretty large brand. Um, so just, I wanna say that because the next number I'm going to say, uh, this funnel has in the past uh, leveraged up to, I know one once she told me they hit $35,000 on that. It's a, about a $300 product. So it's doing mm-hmm. great, but we're just going to optimize it. Like, let's look at it. Let's see what's going on here. And what I did, I installed some heat maps on our website. And I was looking at that and finding that when it came to the actual curriculum that was inside the program. So to, to pull that, like that could be maybe the actual bits of what are inside the service that you provide to people if you don't have a digital product or anything like that. So when we were looking at that, they were built on a carousel. So multiple slides on one canvas of the website and you would click that next button and they would slide and they would slide and they would slide. So I hope if you're listening to this, you have felt through the internet, my hand motions describing (laughs) that, but that's what a carousel is. And so what I found is when I was looking at this sales page for her down at that section, 10% of the traffic to that page was clicking to the next slide, number slide number two, 10% of that traffic was clicking through to the end, the seventh that is like nobody, right? That's so minimal. So what my tip here is to quit using carousels or use them in a sense where you understand the user experience is by and large, not gonna click through to the end. So if you've got pertinent information to get in front of them, don't bake it behind other slides. Um, that I think they work really well for portfolio work, for, you know, three to four testimonials, but people are so like, I, I don't know. It's like there's a fear for making a page long. We at this age have been on like, what is it called? The never ending feed? The, I don't know what it's called. On social media it remember like back in the dark ages of like four to five years ago, you used to get hit the bottom of like your Instagram or your Pinterest. And it would be like, you're all caught up. Yeah. That, yeah. Like that hasn't happened for a long time. People are very comfortable scrolling. Um, I was on uh, right now as we're recording this, Marie Forleo's B-School is open. Um, So go look at her testimonials page. It is so long. It is so long. (laughs) I was on it for like three minutes and I looked over my cursor was barely a third of the way down. I'm like, way to go. Like, I don't like, that was rare. You know, like I scroll all the, but it took me being on that page for, I really think it was like three minutes before I even was like, hey, I've kind of been here for a minute. As long as the information is engaging, they'll scroll. And it's probably going to be engaging when you're talking about what they're going to get in your curriculum or in a one-on-one service. So please don't hide that behind something where they may miss it. Put it right in front of their nose so they can read it and get excited. Yeah,
1: so I'm kind of hearing two tips in one here. The first tip is that, you need to decide what you want to say to people. Don't like let, let them decide. So we don't want to give them like a, a whole, uh, what do you call that? Like a, a collage, uh, what do you call that? A gallery. Mm. We don't want to give them like a whole gallery of options and like let them pick the flavor. We want to direct their path. So that's the first thing I'm hearing is like, don't be wishy-washy about this. Don't let them like choose their own adventure. Tell them what they need to know. You need to like stand up and make a decision about that. And then, That's so good. and then the yes. second thing I'm hearing is like, don't be afraid of long sales pages. If you've got a lot to say, then just put it out there and they will scroll down and read it. Don't like let them, you know, again, choose their own adventure and maybe get through it or maybe not.
0: So good. Again, you're a great synthesizer. Yeah. Don't like you get to guide their experience. That's such an incredible leadership position. So do that well. And just like we were talking about in tip number one, if your headlines and your sub headlines are actually helping them understand, like, hey, this section's about X, Y, Z. Then they know whether to stop or not. But if your headlines and sub-headlines suck, they don't know. And so they're going to get frustrated with being on that page too long because they can't find what they're actually looking
1: for. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's wondering what headlines that suck look like, well, they're headlines that are boring. Headlines don't grab yeah. people. Headlines that people don't understand or don't relate to. You don't have to worry too much about like being the most amazing a copywriter or being super eloquent or super um, convincing to people, like just say to them what will be interesting to them and that will get them to keep reading.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so good. It's like when people, and I've been in a few copywriting groups for a long time now online and like, like I'm talking like huge Facebook groups and it never ends, but somebody will post in there something like, can you believe this terrible Facebook ad copy? And I don't know. I always just want to be like, listen, especially if you can tell it's been running for a while, you know, maybe the number of engagement or whatever, you kind of just got to be like, like, there's no such thing as best practices. Like it, they're pulled ignorance that they don't work on the audience. So if something looks quote unquote bad, but it works on your audience, if you actually see that it if they told you they want to hear that, they react to that, they respond to that, then do it. You know, like, don't worry about, yeah, I, I feel like Every time I see something like that, I'm like, listen, we don't know the numbers. They're running that for a reason.
1: It must be where somebody's liking it, you know? So yeah, that totally makes sense. (laughs) Okay, so let's go back to something you said a little bit earlier when you were talking about that last tip and you were talking about the carousels. um, You said that you installed a heat map on your client's website and that was what allowed you to figure out this problem that was with her copy so tell us a little bit about heat maps uh, and how maybe they could help us improve our copy
0: Absolutely. I'm probably going to sound like a walking infomercial for hot jar here, but I love this tool. I've used it for <laughs> gosh, three years now in my business. Um, you can install and do a lot with it for free. So just go to Hotjar.com, and they have some great tutorials on there too. I have one on my YouTube channel. I should probably make some more cause I just am fascinated by it. Um, basically you, you hook up and you tell it which URL to crawl. And then after some data collects in there and aggregates Um, you can do i think it's like up to a thousand hits for free or something like that so once that traffic lands there it will then show you on the back end of it where people are clicking so you can start to understand like, oh, everybody thinks this is a button. It's not a button. Maybe I should do something about that. Um, It'll show you what's I mean, you can also look in your Google Analytics to see where people are going through their user journey. But it will tell you real quickly, you know, look at a heat map and that glowing red about page when it's like really cool over on, you know, like color hot and cold colors um, on an area that nobody's really checking out. That can be so interesting to know. It'll tell you how many clicks that'll get. Um, It can also show you like where people start to get cold scrolling on the page. So I recommend like, and I learned this the hard way on my website. I had a lot of like solid call to actions, like um, our shop of copywriting templates does really well. I had that kind of buried on my home page. And what I realized is that people, that was cold on that section of the page. People were finding exactly what they needed earlier up on the page and bouncing. They were going to that next page. I wanted to push that up sooner so there would be more likelihood that they would see it and bounce there. So those are some things that you can learn from um, a tool like a heat map. There's other ones out there, but Hotjar is just the one that I go back to and recommend to clients the most.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So talk to me like I'm five for a moment. And I know this will be a little bit backwards, but talk to me like I'm five and tell me what a heat map is.
0: Yes. Okay. So a heat map is a piece of data that you can look at for your website that shows you like if we think how hot that stove is real hot, real red and something that is icy blue is not gonna be as popular. So what the heat map does is it kind of color codes your website. So if you were to look at an, it'll show you a picture of your website with an overlay of colors, like a rainbow on top of it. And you're gonna see those yellow, orange, red areas are where people have been clicking and going crazy and been interested in. And then you're going to start to see more cool colors on the pieces of your website that are not getting quite so much traction.
1: Okay, that is making so much sense. And these have been such good tips. But do you have one more bonus tip that you could share with us today?
0: Yes, I have one more tip. So my last tip is about niching. And I just I mean, we all hear about niching all the time. I remember exactly where I was in Atlanta starting my business. I was hanging a right on Piedmont Drive in Atlanta when I was listening to some business podcast and he was talking about niching. And I just remember like thinking like pats on head, like bless his heart. I'm going to make all the money writing all the things for all the people. And I thought I could do that. And It went okay-ish, but the more that I niched down and narrowed my message to speak to a very small segment of people, the more money we made. And I think that people are, especially the newer you are in your business, and I get it, it sounds counterintuitive. I, I went kicking and screaming into just saying I did copywriting. Like, I think that's why I held on to calligraphy so long, because I was terrified that people just, I was just terrified to trust that it was there. There is some quote out there that I heard but if you think about how many people are on the internet if like there's there's gonna be a, a pretty large sizable group of people that have the same need that you can solve like These people are out there. That's the beauty of online business and not always having to be so locally based with your footprint. Um, But it just, as it correlates with copywriting, it is so impactful. I was, this is a really nerdy hobby, but I love reading old sales letters from like the eighties. And so I was reading this sales letter from this copywriter and he, the niche of the audience was this, he was like, Hey, golfers who want to knock at least 10 swings off their golf game. That's niche. That's what I'm talking about. Like when you can say to a group of people, hey, if you are so-and-so and so-and-so, keep reading. That's what I'm talking about. So sometimes I think we're just a little, we we like tiptoe around it or we're just afraid to go out there. But I I just can't say enough from a copywriting standpoint how I pretty much don't have a case study that shows the opposite to be true. Everything I've ever worked on, the more dialed in we get, the more. I don't know, the more it leverages. I will say on the opposite side of that, um, I think it's Sunny doozy that says the niche down to blow up thing. So I can't, I'm going to say that and I don't want to take ownership for that phrase. But if you are multi-passionate or want to go in multiple directions, that's fine. But get that, like first you got to hook the market with one thing and then start adding on. When we look at a lot of these brands that are big and have big audiences, a lot of times they started doing One or two things, mastering those, getting an audience, getting buy-in, and then they started adding, and then they started adding, and now they have these empires that we look at. But um, that's just, I think, too, the noisier, I think 30% of the economy in the U.S. is going to be like freelancers by 2021. So at least I'm pretty sure that's the statistic. It may be 33%. But yeah, there's going to be more and more of us out here, which is awesome, but that means you really need to make clear who
1: you're for and who you're not for. That makes so much sense. So basically, we shouldn't be afraid of competition, because it's gonna be yeah. there, you know, whether we're scared yeah. of it or not. But there's also there's as competition grows, so does the potential customer base grow. So we might as well f- focus and specialize so that we can more strongly appeal to a segment of the potential customers instead of Weekly appealing to a lot of them and not actually yeah. converting any of them.
0: Yes, beautifully said. Yeah, like why, why not? Like go ahead and have that opinion and be, be the go to girl for a smaller
1: group of people, rather than the, eh, maybe I'll go to her girl for a larger group of people. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think that when you're first starting out with your business, and you're just trying to get some traction, whether you have a, a real mindset issue or not, it's so difficult to, um, to be willing to kind of like take the risk, if you will, of saying no to so many people, you know, with your website copy, I mean, not that you're actually like turning down clients necessarily, but writing copy and marketing to a specific audience because you feel like you want any work that you can get, like you're willing to take any customer you can get, but you really are going to convert so many more people if you get more specific so that you are a big yes for a small number of people.
0: Yes, that's so good. Yeah, you can I love how you reminded us we you can take off work that take on work that's outside of your scope. But maybe like for a while, I I did that for a little while, but I was very careful to put on my website that people, you know, put like attracts like so I'm going to put more out there of what I'm actually wanting to do and eventually eventually that snowball will start rolling. hmm
1: yeah. Okay, so to wrap this all up, I've got a few non-copywriting questions for you, Ashlyn, but thank you so much for all of the copywriting wisdom that you have shared with us because I know that what you're talking about here really can, well, just as the title of the show is, allow us to work less and earn more um, because it will make yeah. our websites be able to convert more of our potential customers into paying customers for us. So thank you so much for that wisdom. Absolutely. So for these wrap-up questions, my first one is, what is the number one thing that you've done in the recent past to earn more or allow yourself to work less?
0: Oh my gosh, so good. Lately, hiring, and it is to a point, I'm in this like messy middle place of my business right now, getting real vulnerable here, but I'm in a place where I need to make sure that this year, I hit a certain number in revenue. Like, like you, you grow and you grow and you grow, and then you get to a point where we plateaued for a little while. And it's because I was so involved in the client work that I can't grow the business any other way because I'm so in the weeds. And so, at some point, the scales have to tip a little bit, right? So, uh, the decision was bringing on a few more specialists in different areas, from Pinterest to, um, like. Infusionsoft, getting some of our funnels set up in there, Um, hiring that on an integrator, that felt so scary. And it it still kind of does, if I could just be honest. But I know that those are the investments that are helping me free up more time so I can start implementing some things. that I've been talking, you know, been a big talk about some things for a while, but now I can implement them because it's just, it's so important for me now to figure out how to step away from work and go be with my little baby
1: yeah that makes so much sense and it sounds like it's a really good like long-term strategic decision that you're making yeah. even if right now it might not be allowing you to work less or earn more yeah. um, you're being smart about the future of your business and maybe putting in a little bit of extra work right now you know yeah. onboarding those people and really uh, managing those people probably
0: yes definitely you you said it. it's playing the long game
1: Okay. My next wrap up question for you is, do you have a favorite productivity tip or a tool that you can share with our listeners?
0: My gosh, I love all things productivity. I have this, I will, I have an app too, but I have this little square. You could probably like search on Amazon square timer that I use all the time. My battery in that died recently. And so I've gone back to using focus keeper on my phone. Do you ever use that app? Um, well tell me about
1: it. I don't, no, I don't use that app, but I use something that maybe is like it. Probably similar. I'm sure there's like
0: many other tools like this. It runs on Pomodoro sprints. So Mm -hmm. the concept of 25 on, five minutes off, 25 on, five off, 25 on, five off, 25 on, five off break. And so you, the concept is if you can run, you know, two of those a day, you can tackle a lot of work. So that, that is a big tool I use because I just, it's like that war of art book, Stephen Pressville. Like yes, <laughs> so I should probably read that once a year. But that like resistance that we get, that's when I sit down, and I don't want to work. It's not, I don't know, it's not laziness. It's well, maybe it is some but it, it's more just maybe fear or inadequacy feeling. And if I could just set a timer that's like, you know what, for 25 minutes, I'm gonna do this. I'm not gonna get up to eat snacks. I'm not gonna get up to go cuddle with my dog. I'm just going, I'm not gonna look at text messages. I'm just gonna do this one thing. That is a game changer for me. I use it at least once a day um, on w- at least one task. I am borderline addicted to it.
1: Yeah, you can do anything for 25 minutes and simply like deciding to focus on something for a period of time so that you know there's going to be an end and like committing that you're not going to do anything else, like you were saying, like now go get a snack, (laughs) now go snuggle with the dog. Um, You know, it makes such a big difference in your productivity. So I love that tip. What did you say that that tool was called?
0: Focus Keeper app. I don't, I can't remember now if it's free or not. I've had it on my phone for probably two and a half, three years now. So I don't even know. If it was an investment, it was a really good one.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure if it isn't free, I know there are other like Pomodoro apps out there that do a similar thing. So if anyone doesn't know about Pomodoro technique, that is such a good tip for becoming more productive. Okay, and finally, uh, if our listeners wanna find out more about you and learn more about copywriting, where is the best place for them to do that?
0: Yes, I I would be so honored. Ashlyn Writes is my website. Um, I have a YouTube channel too. It's nothing like yours, but it has been so fun. I just feel really strongly in um I don't know. I yeah, I love paid content. It helps keep me accountable, but I built my business on mm, probably something I shouldn't admit on a podcast, but like downloading some things at the office and sometimes printing them out and then taking them home and working on them. So that kind of stuff really helped me figure out what I wanted to do. So hopefully um, my website can be a resource for people for that now. And I like Instagram too. All the links are on Ashland Rights.
1: Yeah. And we'll include those links in the show notes as well. And I just want to like give you a shout out that I love your blog. You have such good copywriting tips on your blogs. If anyone wants to learn more about copywriting, then do go check out ashlinwrites.com That's right, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ashlyn, for taking the time to be here on the show today and for everything that you've shared with the listeners about conversion copywriting. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. This is fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of work less earn more. Now here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do that, make sure to tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so that I can see that you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so that they can learn how to work less, earn more, and take back their lives. And when you share, I want to add it to my stories so that you can get some exposure that way as well. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave it a review to give the show a boost. Every single week, I feature a review on the podcast and I would love to give you and your business a shout out. So if you leave a review, it will help the show, but it can also help your business as well. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Ghislaine Perkins and until next week, stay focused and take action.